everyone, and welcome back to Revisited. This is a fun little series that we're going to be doing. Uh, this, for the next few weeks, we're going to be doing the Dark Knight trilogy for no particular reason other than I like those movies. Is it Revisited, uh, bringing back the segment if we've never done it before? No. Welcome to a new series. <laughs> welcome to a new series, everyone. And as you can see, we're not alone. You guys know Hannah, but a newcomer... Please give the introduction. This is my girlfriend, Morgan. Hello. I'm very excited to be on. I'm a big fan. <laughs> <laughs> we love Morgan here. <laughs> yes. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. So I want to dive right into this. We ju- literally just came upstairs from watching Batman Begins. Mm-hmm. I watch this movie once every few years. When was the last time you saw it? When did The Dark Knight Rises come out? 2012. The night before that. <laughs> Fair. I was Fair. supposed to go. I was not into comic book movies at the time. And uh, my aunt and my older brother were going to go see it. And I said, well, I want to go see it. And they said, well, have you seen the other two? Which is something I would say now to people. Uh, and I said, no. So I drove over to Walmart and bought Batman Begins and the Dark Knight because that's what you had to do in 2012. Hey. And I binged watched that and the Dark Knight back to back. I was up to like 2 a.m. and then. It was like a 10 a.m. showing at, like, for Dark Knight Rises, so I was tired. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. What about you? When's the last time you watched this? Uh, I think COVID. Uh, yes, we, we were, yeah. Nol- oh, then that was, yeah, because yeah. we did the Nolan binge. Yeah, we did a whole, we watched every right. single Nolan movie uh, in order, I think. Yeah. I think we did, like, by release order, which was very cool. Uh, but I had seen Batman Begins before, um, but yeah, that was the last time. Since actually seeing all of them, uh, Dark yeah. Knight and Rise 2 was yeah. uh, COVID. Okay. And Morgan, I believe, if, if I'm not mistaken, this was your first time watching the film. This was my first time watching the film. This was actually my first time, other than The Flash, seeing anything with Batman in it. Ooh, okay. Yes. okay. I didn't realize that this yeah. whole time. It, kinda, <laughs> it, it hurt that Batman was the first that she had to see of like old Keaton and yeah. Affleck and, spoilers, Clooney. Yeah. But hey, listen. Thank you for watching with us. We're happy to introduce you to this side of pop culture. Let's get into Batman Begins. It was the last time when you did the COVID? It was our time you, the same. Yeah, it was yeah I, th- I think it same. was. I don't think anyone, yeah. I think it was. Okay. Yeah, I, I mean, it's I watched. a gamble for you. You could have tossed it on on a Thursday. You could have watched it yesterday. I could have. You know, you never know. You never know. When you look at my 4K, some I watched yesterday, some I've never watched. It's just an, an unethical it's like myth. my actual comic book collection. Yes, yes, exactly. That's completely fair. But Batman Begins, this was the first in the Christopher Nolan-directed trilogy of the Batman films that he made for Warner Brothers, and it really kind of kick-started DC movies back at WB after the disastrous performance of Batman and Robin, mm-hmm. and it really kind of put them on a path to be reign supreme because the Avengers and Dark Knight Rises came out in the same year. So right as Marvel was taking off, DC was just wrapping up their trilogy. So before that, though, they were kind of on par with one another, just with this trilogy alone. And you see the beginnings of the world building here. You see a lot of different things. But first off, uh, I'm going to go to you first, Morgan. This being not only like your first time watching the movie, but really your first introduction to the origin of Batman. What did you find interesting about the story, and what were your overall thoughts on the movie? Um... Overall, I really, really enjoyed it. Um, I had no idea about, like, any of the origin of Batman, um, like, where he came from. I think they kind of talk about it in The Flash a little bit, like, his parents died. That was really it. Um, so we had just been watching Madame Web, 
And I was expecting in the first scene for a bat to bite <laughs> And that did not happen. So I was a little surprised by that. Um, but I really liked the whole like ninja scene, him like training, um, his like love for Gotham and everything. I thought it was really cool. Yeah. So like you knew the parents were gonna be dying, but you didn't know like the the alleyway, you didn't know like just straight up just murdered in cold blood. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That uh, was basically quite all quite shocking yeah, yeah. I had known <laughs> yeah for for people seeing it when it came out like everyone knows like batman's parents are gonna die they're gonna get shot but you know as of if, if you watch it with preconceived notions of batman the moment that his father opens the pearls and says like your mom's gonna like these right you're like ah like the pearls both in the comics and movies are very synonymous with the imagery of her being shot and the pearls flying everywhere mm-hmm. so that was kind of like an easter egg for fans of like oh it's about to happen like they're gonna get shot yeah and um them seeing an opera was a bit of a change uh it happens there's so many different versions of the the origin where they're watching a movie or they're watching an opera or whatever they're doing um this was also they kind of really dove into the league of shadows here and in in the comics they're originally called the league of assassins and i think the reason they changed it is because they wanted batman to go on that path of not wanting to kill and in order to do that you have to have this moment in the movie where he's about to he's asked to kill somebody and if you're working with someone called the league of assassins that seems pretty like what you're gonna do yeah and so i think that change was kind of necessary for that but um structurally for you guys was there anything different upon this rewatch or anything that you had picked up on with either whether it be nolan as a filmmaker or batman as a character that stood out to you differently this time uh i would say the i picked up this next time around the use of miniatures more okay um the first time watching through and even before we went on that Nolan run, uh, I, I was aware of like Nolan. I, I remember the whole tenant thing coming out where he did the whole, like the real uh, plane crash for that. So like, I knew that he didn't like CGI um, and previous times watching through it, it didn't even occur to me that these were like miniatures. I was just like, Oh wow, that's a cool train scene or Ooh, cool. That's the Batmobile. Uh, but watching it through this time, I guess, having that previous knowledge and watching the rest of his films and just understanding filmmaking in general better. I think, um, while watching it, I was like, wait, is that a, is that a miniature? And I, so I was proud of myself for, uh, not only recognizing it, but, but like appreciating it, I guess. Um, so through the end, through the lens of a, I don't know, uh, more critiquing the, the filmmaking. Mm -hmm. That was something I picked up on, which was cool. Nice. Nice. What about you? Uh, it just sort of more got me thinking about the greater Batman lore yeah. and how a lot of iterations, you know, this is the only iteration of a live action Batman that really delves into the League of Shadows assassins with the Ra's al Ghul storyline, which is a big part of his origin in a majority of the comics. And I think it's, I feel like you can't do that storyline, even though it's a cool origin, without then doing the whole Ra's al Ghul bad guy. Yeah. So, and that kind of just eats up your first Batman movie all the time. So it makes sense that a lot of the ones are just like, rich boy gets buff. Yeah. But like, assassin ninja Batman is just so much cooler. Mm-hmm. And I wish there was a way to integrate that without feeling the need to spiral down that storyline. But yeah. uh, it's just interesting to watch now. And like post Interstellar, Interception, just some of Nolan's early works, because you do pick up, like you said, like the miniatures and everything that's going to become uh, synonymous with Nolan, as well as a lot of stuff, you know, synonymous with 
Batman as a character himself that they kind of, it feels very forced now in retrospect, like, you know, the whole Rachel, Katie Holmes' character saying the line about, you know, Bruce Wayne is the mask that you wear and all that stuff. And later iterations of Batman do play into that. So I'm like, I'm like, wow, they really felt the need to say that. But then remembering, okay, well, a Batman movie hadn't been made in 15, 20 years. Yeah. And no one really knew much about it then. And comic book movies at the time were at a very dense state. Exactly. Of yeah. Rusted metal Batman. So now they don't have to jump to that. Yeah. And something that I picked up on is Nolan tries Nolan and company, David Goyer, his brother, they, I think it's, I don't remember if his brother did this script or just Dark Knight, but they try really hard to take the concept of Batman and say, what if this took place in the real world? Mm-hmm. And the Dark Knight, I think, nails that. I think that's the perfect encapsulation of that, but they start that here. But I almost feel like part of them, there was still that part of their brain, and not even necessarily in a bad way, but there's still part of their brain, but like, this is a comic book movie though. Mm-hmm. So there are a couple things that happen in the movie that you wouldn't think when you think Nolan Batman, you don't think of like Scarecrow lighting Batman on fire and saying, you need to lighten up. Like you don't think of that when you think of like Christopher Nolan, Batman movie, you know, you don't think about stuff like that happening, but they still felt like, like we should do some of that. Like it's, it's like a comic book movie. And, but you can see like the, the big overtime work that was being put in mostly to just the world building. Like it felt like a real place, like where they lived. And to me, the, biggest plus of this movie is establishing the relationships of batman meaning i buy him and alfred i buy him and lucius and i buy him and gordon mm-hmm. right away and i think especially knowing man and the boys <laughs> <laughs> and i think like we're knowing where the trilogy goes those relationships are so important to establish and you really feel them in the film especially gordon like when he's a kid and he puts the coat over him like you like you can tell like I buy like, oh, that's why he goes back to Gordon when he's an adult because he like he remembers that and like he remembers being able to like trust him, and I think the movie really nails that big time. Okay. No, you go ahead. Oh, I just I, I think one of my favorite dynamics is very much it. It almost feels like a, a video game, in a in a way where you have now completed this mission. So what do we get? Okay, Batman gets to upgrade his Batcave, yeah. right? <laughs> Lucius has unlocked CEO power or COO. I forgot yeah, what they yeah. make him, right? Uh, Alfred just being a boy, right? <laughs> and then uh, Gordon becomes lieutenant. Yeah, it's like everyone just unlocked all these power ups. You know, yeah. Rachel's gonna move up in the DA, which we see in the next movie. But mm-hmm. there is a power vacuum there. Spoilers. Yeah. Um, but. It was interesting, like, just how much, like, ability unlocking it felt like just occurred, and you're like, yeah. all right, let's yeah. see what happens. Yeah, like, they almost had, like, a roadmap of, like, all right, well, eventually, Gordon's got to become commissioner, Yeah. but what if he's a deputy here, but at the end, he'll be lieutenant, so, like, we're one step closer to commissioner, and then yeah. um, I also love how t- just having the movie kind of take place in a real-world setting they were like, we should explain a lot. Like, how about the ears? Why the fucking ears? And then, like, you see him, like, struggle with the the hearing piece, and he's like, God damn it. Oh, look at this. If I put it up here... <laughs> it's fine. And yeah. one looks weird. Let me just throw another bad boy up there, and now we got two, and now we're good. <laughs> and it's just like... Like, the first time he goes out, he's in, like, a makeshift suit, and he still gets the, his shit rocked when he tries to jump from buildings, and he's like, eh, it's not exactly where it needs to be. And they continue on. Yeah. Uh, question for you, Morgan. As someone who's like recently gotten into movie watching and is like seeing a lot of comic book movies, whether it be from Marvel or DC, seeing a movie like this, 
with the context of when it was made and what had come before it. What were things you noticed differently about this movie now versus like movies you see, like you, you just mentioned Madam Web, like kind of something like that. Like what's kind of the difference that you see in terms of them? Quality. <laughs> uh, oh, man. Uh, man. It's a, I, it's a hard question. A hard I, I threw her a hard question. It's... Um, I think, I think this, like going back to like the origin you said, like of mm-hmm. Batman, like we had just seen Madam Web and I'm still confused about <laughs> Madam Web uh, and like her whole origin and everything. And I felt like they did like the storytelling of Batman really well in this first one. Like you said, it was like really believable where mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, that makes sense. It, actually, that, it makes a lot of sense too, like him coming from money and stuff before mm-hmm. it was just like oh yeah this guy's a bat or in my head that's what it was yeah but yeah. now it's like oh yeah so he has basic. like yeah, <laughs> he has yeah. all this money he can buy like that nice car mm-hmm. he has the material to like fly and stuff so i i bought into that and i i appreciated like the more of the understanding of like where he came from mm-hmm. versus some of the newer ones like flash i feel like you got a little bit of that madam web you didn't <laughs> um, and some of the other ones i, st- I still feel like I felt like I had more of a connection with Batman mm-hmm. in the, this movie we just watched yeah. versus some of the mm-hmm. the later ones. Yeah, and I and I also think his relationship with Rachel helps that as well, where yeah. like you buy this friendship. Like I love that for his birthday she gives him back the the thing they found when they were kids. A little arrowhead. Yeah, yeah. And oh, go ahead. Uh, but to to me, I I don't like that dynamic because I think it to me it was a chemistry issue, mm-hmm. and I think also just a lot of working through the kinks of the sort of cheesy wooden dialogue that they give a lot to Rachel. Yeah. And it's not to knock uh, Katie Holmes as an actress, Yeah, but I feel like the lack of, I didn't really feel a lot of chemistry between them. Mm-hmm. So then I feel like pairing that with sort of the basic friendship relationship dialogue that you get in these movies Mm -hmm. to me like that is sort of the weakest thread throughout the movie i agree because to me i think platonically they worked well yeah but whenever they would try to up that and kind of dive into that it doesn't work and i do think the chemistry issue with the benefit of hindsight the chemistry issue does get solved in the dark knight because i think maggie gyllenhaal is just much more suitable in the role than kitty holmes not to knock on kitty holmes she's great well and it's not even to knock on the chemistry of you know, uh, Christian Bale and Katie Holmes, it's more of just, I feel like as the character of Rachel, it felt miscast. Mm -hmm. Where I think they resolved that with Maggie Gyllenhaal. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so Christian Bale as Batman, what did you think of him and his performance? I thought he was really great. Um, I don't think I've seen him, we were talking about this, in anything else really. Mm -hmm. Uh, And they like showed him in the first scene and I was like, it's not really what I pictured Batman to be like. <laughs> and then you'd said, like, it took a while for him to, like, actually get in the Batman suit. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, like, his character does, like, kind of take that change a little bit of, like, becoming Batman. And then he puts on the suit. And then I can't imagine anyone else playing it. Yeah. <laughs> but it's also the first really Incorrect Batman. Incorrect Bat- Ben Affleck. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, but I thought he was really good. Yeah. yeah. And I, what going back to what you said of him, like, him becoming Batman, I, I like that the filmmakers kind of made it a point to, like, kind of like how Warner Brothers needs to earn a Batman movie. Like, we need to earn the moment he has the suit on. Mm -hmm. Like, it's not just, let's not take for benefit, like, we can start the movie with him in the outfit. Like, let's get to a point where the movie is good enough and the audience likes it enough to where, like, when we put the suit on, it's like a hell yeah moment instead of a finally. Because if you say finally, you know, you're in trouble. I think that speaks to a greater issue with 
just a lot of comic book movies lately mm-hmm. is feeling this need to earn something. You know, you see that a lot too with, um, I guess more specifically, like a lot of the TV shows, you know, mm-hmm. the characters need to earn the suit at the end. You know, we've heard rumors that, you know, with um, them filming the new Daredevil Born Again series that the suit didn't appear in like the first five episodes. Yeah. And they're not to say that that can't be good. I don't think he has the suit at all in the first season of but, Daredevil. But he's been Daredevil for 10 years. But he's years. been Daredevil. Yeah. We don't need to earn it back. You yeah. know, Madam Webb didn't need to earn her blindness and <laughs> disability. Yeah. yeah. Her paralysis, you know, which was a very, you know, yeah. it's like there's a, it's like, okay, Batman earning the suit. Great. We were on this journey. Mm-hmm. Why do I need to earn this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, it also goes back to I, I just know from when I was a kid, I like consumed behind the scenes on DVDs, and I had this DVD. And uh, Christopher Nolan did an interview where he was like, "Yeah, Warner Brothers wasn't thrilled about him not wearing the suit for a long time, but I was like, what's the best movie you guys have ever made, DC wise?" And they were like, probably the first Superman movie. And they're like, yeah, he doesn't wear the outfit for like an hour in that movie. Because like structurally, surprisingly, it doesn't seem like it. If you've seen the original 1978 Superman movie, structurally, they're very similar to Batman Begins. Of how, where he starts, you see the origin, it goes through him as a kid, it goes through where he's at now, and then Superman, and, you know, doesn't get the suit for quite some time. And I feel like... A lot of filmmakers surprisingly go back to that 1978 Superman movie as like the the standard for story structure, which I think is interesting. But um, it'd be interesting to see what um, like James Gunn mm-hmm. does with that expectation, because a lot yeah. of what we know about the movie is that he, Superman is coming into a place where you know superheroes, super abled people, however they want to mm-hmm. you know um, structure it exist already Mm -hmm. you know we've seen all the castings for that so it's interesting to see if superman then has to get the suit or if he's coming in just full fledged ready to ready to party yeah and also going back to the idea of like earning and not earning i think that was a big point of the dceu's critical like being critical of the dceu which i enjoy despite some of its flaws and meddling god the meddling some flaws Yeah, yeah but like they didn't earn a lot of their storytelling at least that's how it came across given you know, when you're the filmmaker and the studio says, hey, we need that Avengers money. I need you to put the Justice League at the end of this Batman Superman movie. You got you to do the best you can with what you have. But, you know, the Death of Superman storyline that they eventually do, a lot of people would argue was not earned when it happened. And, you know, if and their you, second universe movie. Yeah, yeah. And if you get if you build up to that, it's one thing. And I, I like this. The fact that the movie took its time to tell its story. And it kind of took you on this journey as an audience. And by the way, the cinematography in this movie is stunning. And it actually got nominated for Best Cinematography at the Oscars, which I wanted to point out. But the Batman didn't. But so did Batman Forever. So did Batman Forever. Yep. Really? Batman Forever got three Oscar nominations, one of them for cinematography. Yes. And somehow the Batman didn't. Yeah. Somehow the Batman didn't. And even Roger Deakins on his podcast was like, the Batman was the best looking movie that year. Which I find hysterical. Who, who did the Batman? Um, Greg Frazier. He's he does Dune and Dune Two. Uh-huh. Oh, yes. that man's coming coming up there. Yeah. Oh yeah. Did the Batman with Robert Pattinson get score nomination? I don't think it did. No. And it should have. I quite just get like. Makeup? Yeah, I think so. I quite like Michael Giacchino. Yeah. yeah. Here, I'll I'll look it up but, yeah. while you guys uh, go on. What did you guys think of the overall? 
production of it because mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of emphasis in recent stuff has really gone into the time for hand-to-hand combat, especially in, you know, like the later Batman movies. Like, even if you look at The Dark Knight Rises, they kind of try to do a little bit better with it. But, you know, when you look at things like Robert Pattinson's Batman, uh, the warehouse scene in BVS, you know, the hand-to-hand combat with Batman is is up there. What did you think of, of this one with all the sword fighting and all that jazz? Just to interrupt, the Batman got three Oscar nominations for makeup, sound, and visual effects, so no score either. And no score for Hans Zimmer in any of these, I don't think. Oh, wow. It's a crime. That is yeah. a crime. Yeah. Uh, but going back to your question about mm-hmm. the fighting and stuff... Um, I thought the sword fighting was cool. I thought all of the large scale, the the train and the Batmobile and some of those larger scale scenes were were cool. Um, I will say that the hand to hand, besides the like League of Shadows at the beginning, Mm -hmm. um, personally, I don't remember it like standing out to me. Um, My biggest takeaway from the film was the, um, I don't know, the, the story and the dialogue, like, when I think of really cool action for Batman, I'm thinking of, yeah, like uh, Affleck and really Pattinson. I thought he did yeah. incredible with like the action and the mm-hmm. choreography and stuff. Doesn't mean this was bad, but it's not its strongest suit. Like I'm not taking away uh, talking about the action in the hand-to-hand, um, but I don't think it needed it. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know. Like it, it relied on everything else and it didn't need to have like showy. Uh, it, it's a good film. It's not a good, well, it's not an, action film what i'm saying is is it's good in general lots of other things it's not relying on that yeah um and i think that was almost refreshing yeah and and i think because action means a lot it doesn't just mean hand-to-hand combat no yeah because to me hand-to-hand combat the scenes in this film are horrible Mm -hmm. i love this film the hand-to-hand combat scenes are terrible yeah nolan famously doesn't use second units so he did not utilize that option to have a stunt team film those scenes Mm -hmm. you second units no so I I also <laughs> he's, he's the guy in the class that did all the work and it's like story <laughs> today I will be yeah. playing every yeah. part yeah and uh, it's a one man show yeah but but also going to what you said <laughs> it's insane that they made a Batman film that utilizes storytelling in such a good way that you don't walk away going like oh this action scene that you don't think that you just think like wow what a great movie that was you don't think about it but like with a, the right second unit team that sword fight with Batman and Ra's al Ghul on the giant crashing train like. That to me could have been just—I don't want to say scaled up, but like yeah. just that much better. Yeah, because like the film has the emotional stakes were yeah. there, but the physical manifestation of those stakes yes. were not utilized. And and I think that um, to that point, you know, the—I I don't think Christopher Nolan. This is—he's my favorite filmmaker of all time. For context, I don't think he's had good hand-to-hand combat until Tenet. Mm-hmm. I think where he utilizes action is in chase sequences and shootouts brilliant mm-hmm. and you see a lot of those in the dark night they're full of shootouts and chase sequences yeah, they are but um but yeah i think hand-to-hand was the weak point of this mm-hmm. movie i was gonna say uh the standout for me for all the action scenes was the car chase mm-hmm. so that that makes sense with that yeah i do want to talk about the villains also i'm kind of looking at them just because i don't want to talk into the... oh, I don't think it'll pick He's up. Ignoring well. you, obviously. Yeah, I don't want you to think I'm not engaging you. It's I don't want to talk like sideways because yeah. it's not going to pick up, right? Uh, yeah, you're you're good. Okay. Um, Liam Neeson as as Ra's al Ghul. You haven't you haven't seen it, uh, a Batman movie. So I I I expect you not to know like the whole Ra's al Ghul story. You know, was that did that twist of the reveal of Liam Neeson actually being Ra's al Ghul work? 
For me? Yeah. Um, yeah yes and no. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I was a little confused at first. I was like, wait, 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 wait. He actually is. But then I also couldn't get behind. I was like, oh, man, if he had just let him slide off the cliff. (laughs) (laughs) He really wouldn't have been killing him. You, like, almost (laughs) broke my arm during that. They started sliding, and she was, like, gripping my (laughs) arm. Like, the city was, like, destroyed. People probably died, you know. So, like, how much good was he really doing by, like, saving a life, you know? Yeah. But but I I did like the twist, yeah. I thought it was good. Mm -hmm. And what about Scarecrow? Do we like Scarecrow? Yes, what are we our love thoughts? Scarecrow okay, we here. like Killian. <laughs> we like Killian Murphy, but do we like Scarecrow? I, I like Scarecrow. Okay. I've always liked yeah. him as a villain. Um, I don't. I don't. I wouldn't say he's my favorite DC villain necessarily, but I've liked all the iterations of him. I think. Who would you uh, say is your favorite DC villain? Other could, than the Joker, we could circle back. It doesn't have to be an interpretation that's even been adapted to, like. Or if you want to name a specific, like you can come out and just say the Clayface on the Harley Quinn show, like that's Obviously. that's an Obviously. answer. But like, I mean, the first thing that popped in my head was Poison Ivy, but that's like classic. But I just love her as a person, and it just, I mean, yeah. it just the, every just the character as a, a whole. Yeah. Okay. I'd say. I'd it. But let me let me. That was just like I'm you going off on of it. Like, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Uh, so no. Scarecrow, we do like. I I like Scarecrow. Yeah. I like that he's a um like a red herring uh, mm-hmm. in this film where you're like, oh, the big bad, whatever. And then it ends up, you know, being Ra's al Ghul. I remember the first time watching it um, forever ago. He was on like all the marketing, I think, like Scarecrow and this and that mm-hmm. in the trailer. So um, using him as like this, you know, I mean, yeah. he's a pawn for Ra's al Ghul. Uh, I thought that was cool. Maybe you guys disagree with me. Maybe I'm biased because I like Killian Murphy. I think that's probably it. Um, but I just, I, I like him and I like that his character appears in all three and just comes back as like a nod. Um, so maybe he's not the best like villain because he didn't really do anything. Mm. Uh, but I think I just like him as a character. Mm. Okay. Yeah, I... No, I, I agree with you. My 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 whole thing with Scarecrow is I think Killian Murphy eats up every second he's on screen. Like serving. He owns it. I think his best scene is the one when he has poisoned um Rachel. Yeah. And he's doing the whole like Batman is here. Yeah, yeah. Like that that whole I was like, Yeah. Yeah. I I love his scene where uh he poisons Falcone mm-hmm. when he realizes like, oh, this guy's gonna be an issue for me. Mm-hmm. And he's like, have you seen my mask? And he does that whole thing. But what I like about the storytelling with the villains is how, having seen the movie, it has a through line that you can f- kind of follow all the way yeah. through where he does the hallucinic drugs with the League of Shadows. And then when it gets to Scarecrow and he hits Batman, he tells Alfred, he's like, this has happened to me before, but this one feels a little bit different. It feels more concentrated, which kind of lays the groundwork for like, Ra's al Ghul is behind this. Yeah. And you hear Scarecrow say like, to to Falcone like you know who I'm working for he's not gonna like this which kind of sets up the casual viewer to be like oh who is it gonna be and you know knowing the story and seeing the through line of course it's Ra's al Ghul because he even mentions like we're gonna go to Gotham in the beginning of the movie he's like we're gonna go and you know see I totally forgot about that connection Mm -hmm. so to me like when he's doing that I thought that it was a lot of just crane making a facade of somebody and then that was the reveal was that crane is mm. you know evil like gotcha. he is the guy uh, he keeps referencing but then as every i'm like oh yeah he was working with with him did you like scarecrow i did i like yeah. scarecrow a lot yeah mm-hmm. um i i also forgot about the like the 
Razo Ghoul character because mm-hmm. I was so wrapped up in like, yeah. oh, he's becoming Batman, Batman, his yeah. story, mm-hmm. this and that, and then mm-hmm. I forgot. But I like Scarecrow yeah. a lot. He was, was like a, a good villain. That's what I, in going back to your point, the through line, it does do a good a, a good job of establishing that in the background very subtly, but yeah. at sometimes I think almost like too subtle for its own good. But I think that the, I, I, I like Scarecrow. I think my comic book brain can't process like Scarecrow working for yeah. Ra's al Ghul. Yeah. Like it feels very, which I think might be to the movie's benefit because then you're not expecting sort of, you know, that connection. But I think the effects and how they handle the nightmare fear stuff, I think was, that to me is where the movie feels sort of dated or like the more interesting creative choice where I'm like, I think now with, I know Nolan doesn't like necessarily like over the top VFX, which makes sense. But like, I feel like that's where you could integrate some more different portrayals of it. Yeah. And I think it, yes, it leaves a lot to be desired in terms of like all, like as a comic book fan, like Scarecrow could hold his own movie and I'd love to see him like kind of on his own. Yeah. But with the benefit of hindsight and I won't spoil it for Morgan, I think him working for Ra's al Ghul worked a lot better than another villain working for another character mm. later in the series. That is correct. Catch my drift. Mm. Yes. I think this works a lot better than that yeah. example. Yes. But uh, you'll you'll see. The you'll Joker. See. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only one I know. The Joker is working for the bigger Joker. <laughs> There's always bigger fish. Yes. Yes. Uh, but but yeah, and um, something else too. Uh, the whole story beat of the the train leading to the heart of the city, I thought was was a good one of mm-hmm. a kind of Bruce with his dad being like, yeah, we built this and it goes right there and that's kind of the heart of Gotham. It's the heart of everything. Mm-hmm. And then re- quickly realizing like, oh, they're going to put it on the goddamn train and like take it there. Yeah. And I, I will say the introduction of the microwave emitter from just a, a Wayne exec going, hey, we fucking lost one of those. <laughs> like, and then like explaining what it is like halfway yeah. through the movie is a bit odd. And that's a bit weird. And the only filmmaking aspect that dis- that kind of disappoints me, going to your story of the, it was a bit too subtle, uh, I disagree with that except for this point. And that is when Batman's interrogating Scarecrow and he says, who are you working for? And Scarecrow says, Ra's al Ghul. The movie doesn't take a moment to like realize he just said that. Mm. Like it doesn't like cut to close up on Batman where he's like, uh, how, you know, like he yeah. just says Ra's al Ghul and Batman goes, nope, killed him. <laughs> That's not him. Like, yeah. And it just goes on. And it's, it's like, I feel like had the movie taken a second to like pause where he says that. And like, you just like, they sit in it for a minute of like, but that doesn't make sense though. Like how? Yeah. So who's Ra's al Ghul? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I feel like that was kind of the point where it could have, mm-hmm. but then I think you also run the risk of like converging that story too quickly. Yeah. And, you know, so they kind of wanted it to like, oh, quick, move on. And I think that's kind of what happened there. Mm-hmm. I think that would have helped me. Mm-hmm. I think I, that would have, because I had kind of forgotten and I'm not too familiar with the comics. And I think that moment would have, I would have been like, oh, yeah. yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. I remember. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I also forgot the fake Ra's al Ghul in the beginning is played by the guy who's in the creator and Inception <laughs> and Godzilla. Cool. Um, what's his name? Hold on. I'm going to look up his name. But like, and I'll show you a picture of him too, because he looked pretty unrecognizable. But when I saw him, I was like, "Oh, it's that guy." I kept waiting for Ben Mendelsohn to show up, and then I remembered he's in the third one. That's right. Also, you know who else is in the third one? And like, one of their first roles is a very young um, Glenn Powell. 
What? He plays one of the Wall Street guys that Bane beats that up. Really? Mm-hmm. Which one has this guy? Ken Watanabe plays. Uh, old oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Ghul. He, correct me if I'm wrong. He was the police chief in Detective Pikachu. Let me find out. <laughs> he was in fact the police lieutenant in Detective Pikachu. Very good. He gets a snubble as his partner. <laughs> Great job. I know this isn't what this episode's about, but Detec- Detective Pikachu's great. <laughs> Why did we never get a sequel to that? It didn't make enough. Here's here, here's the thing about Batman Begins. I, I, I definitely enjoyed it a lot more than I remember it. Mm-hmm. The Dark Knight <laughs> being the one after this. It's, it's, like, it just, it yep. it is insane like mm-hmm. comparing the two movies, just yeah. the, and I, that's not a knock on this movie. It's just, yeah. I think, you know, to, to speak to your, um, what you were kind of telling us before, just the whole storyline of Nolan's career up until this point, mm-hmm. you know, he had made a short film that got, you know, well-received. He made Memento, you said. Yeah, well, yeah, he did like a, he did Following, which was like a 70 minute IFC movie. Then he did Memento on his own, yeah. and then Warner Brothers hired him to do Insomnia, yeah. and then he did this. Yeah, yeah, so like it's a very big, you know, thread. And oh, then this was his first like big time. That's huge what I mean. So film. it's great. Yeah. And then he did what The Prestige, yeah, which to me is my favorite Nolan movie. Yeah, you know, and then The Dark Knight. Yeah. So just that that jump between those movies, and then what Batman Begins of the Dark Knight probably came out what three years three years apart, mm-hmm. and just the technical ability that happened in just three years time is just insane to see which in hindsight just makes this like yeah you know different yeah and hind- time is what's really interesting with this movie yeah. because for a period of three years this was the best batman movie ever made mm-hmm. especially coming off of batman and robin but then like you said you get prestige you get dark- first of all this run batman begins prestige dark knight inception dark knight rises interstellar my God! First of all, okay, but, I don't want to include Dark Knight Rises in that. Okay, okay, but but, <laughs> but I get the point. But here's the thing: when Dark Knight Rises is arguably your weakest movie, that's still a good movie, you know. So it's it's Fair. it's like, uh, and I think going back to time though, I think that's why Dark Knight Rises feels more disappointing because you got Dark and Prestige, Dark Knight Inception, yeah. And then you got Dark Knight Rises. There and, was there was already you know after Batman Begins there was only. That was a very good, solid movie, but there yeah. also is Up. Yeah. There's Up. You hit Dark Knight, and you're like, yeah. that's we're pretty close to the peak here. And then yeah. I, I just think that whatever movie he made after that was just destined to not be as good as Dark Knight Rises, uh, in terms of a Batman movie. You know, yeah. that third Batman movie had way too much writing on it, which yeah. I think is where it does buckle under that yeah. pressure of yeah. it. And I feel like that... I don't know this, but just given Warner Brothers' history of meddling, I wouldn't be surprised if they, you know, put more fingers into that mm-hmm. that pot yeah. just off of the pressure of how well The Dark Knight was received. Yes, and I, I cannot wait to get into Dark Knight and Dark Knight Rises. Yes. Dark Knight's going to be a long episode. I, <laughs> can I tell you, I'm so excited for you to watch Dark Knight. <laughs> I'm so excited about it. It's so rare that I get to, like, watch it with someone who's never seen it. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> I am very excited. You guys, so The way you guys talk about it, I'm like, so good. I hope we haven't oversold oh, it, but it, I don't think you can. It's impossible. Yeah. I saw that movie. That movie came out when I was 12. That movie, I saw it 
two times in theaters just because no one else would take me. I wanted to go a lot more. Mm-hmm. It was the first movie I ever saw in IMAX was The Dark Knight. By the way, it came out the same year as Iron Man. So Mar- on a Marvel DC side, it's very interesting, like wow. the traje- trajectories of where they go. That's really interesting because um, in this movie, I felt like it was a little Iron Man-y. Like he was like mm-hmm. making the suit and I was like, oh, it's mm-hmm. like when Iron Man's yeah. making his suit and he was spray painting it. Yeah, yeah. And cathedrals everywhere for yeah. those with the eyes to see. Yeah. And uh, But yeah, I'm really excited to get into Dark Knight. Really excited to get into Dark Knight Rises. Uh, final thoughts from you guys about Batman Begins. I loved it, and I am very, very <laughs> excited to finish uh, the trilogy. I also liked it. Um, every time I watch it again, I feel like I, I I watch it, and then I go, ah, there's a lot of exposition, and it takes forever for him to get on the suit, and, you know, ah, whatever. And then I watch it again, and I go, man, but it's so good. Like, <laughs> right after, you know, read C-Bias, yeah. uh, you're like, oh, but it's so worth it. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I liked it. And then I, I feel like in a week from now, and that and that's the problem, the, the Dark Knight problem, that, mm-hmm. that right now I'm riding on the high, and then next mm-hmm. week I'm going to go, it's nothing compared to Dark yeah. Knight. Yeah. Uh, Dark Knight. But um, overall, yeah, I liked it. I think it set up... Um, the rest of the the Batman, I feel like it's so um, setting up for like all future superhero movies. I feel like it did so much more, yeah. not just for DC, but like for Marvel the next too. Wave. Exactly. Yeah. You were saying, um, I was gonna say it earlier, and then it passed. But um, how like seventy eight or seventy nine Bat uh, Superman uh, yeah, seventy eight seventy eight uh, how that became like a. a example for like future film uh comic book films i feel like this is a modern day one of that yeah um similar to like first x-men when it comes to like uh, comic book movies Mm -hmm. um but proving that a comic book movie can be a good film Mm -hmm. with comic elements um inspired i feel like future not only like movies and shows and whatever uh like it's it's a modern day classic i think when it comes to comics and it started off dark knight i think sorry i'm on a roll i think dark knight go 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 (laughs) so much to say um (laughs) i think dark knight is like the best of the best but we i don't know if we would have dark knight if we didn't have batman begins to set up the world it laid and the his... groundwork for yes. everything so when you get to dark knight and rises you yes. don't even have to worry about the character of batman like he is set that's and that's what i took away from it because yeah. I, I feel like every time i watch it again like i said like i just said that you're like oh it takes forever the exposition it's so long nothing happens for a while not you know things happen yeah. but um but it really does it lays the groundwork for the trilogy and then just comic book movies for like that era on so overall great stuff and i'm sorry i know we're doing final thoughts but she just reminded me X-Men, a lot of people point to the first X-Men movie as like the move, like the reason the whole comic book thing started was because that X-Men movie. Charles Robin, the producer of this Batman trilogy, said that the reason why Christopher Nolan's take was accepted was because when he watched X-Men, that movie opens with the Holocaust in a comic book movie. And when he and people at Warner Brothers and around watched that, they were like, oh, you can do that in comic book movies. And like that was a big deal. So Chris Nolan coming in just five years developing this, right? Just three years after that saying like, I want to make this more realistic and down to earth. Like, you know, he remembers, well, they can do the Holocaust. I'm sure we can do that. So like it all connects. I'm sure we can make it in Chicago. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, I'll give my final thoughts as uh, better than I remember. And a question for the, for uh, Hannah is poison Ivy. The final answer. Uh, (laughs) 
<laughs> this, I don't know why this is in my brain. I'm going on no thoughts, just vibes right yeah. here. No, vibe like, all the time. Vibe all the time. My first thought was Poison Ivy because she is an icon and incredible in every iteration. Like, yep. Correct. Of course. And I don't know why this is sticking in my brain because I didn't love the movie, and you're going to hate me for this, but I do think I love Danny DeVito's Penguin. <laughs> I love I love I love Batman Returns. No, what are you talking about? No, I know you love it. I oh, don't love it. I see. Yeah. I don't love it. And I remember I, I told you that. You were like, you're, I'm so excited for you yeah. to watch uh, Michael Keaton. And I was like, Ooh. Um, it's 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 the the films are fine, but I I just like the Nolan and the Pattinson yeah. and the Affleck more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I love Danny DeVito's Penguin. Danny DeVito's he's Penguin. He's an icon. Uh, he's scary. He is scary. I love him. Mm-hmm. Those are Tim Burton movies. Yes, oh, through and through. Oh no. <laughs> Uh, Morgan's not the biggest Tim Burton fan. <laughs> oh, she's going to hate the penguin. Yes, That's she going is. to be her least <laughs> yeah. favorite I know. character. Yeah. He's so weird looking yeah. and so weird and he Wait, waddles. Who, who's your favorite DC? Him, so. Is it Joker? Uh, if we're not doing we Joker. Can't say Joker. If yeah. we're not doing Joker. If we're not doing Joker, I think my favorite DC villain from a movie or just like from just, the pantheon just, of just stories? Across, yeah, just whatever be it. Any iteration, yeah. So you would say, but if you want to narrow it down, so you're going Poison Ivy as a general, Danny DeVito if you're going for a specific. Yeah, I thought I had to pick a specific. Or oh, no, you know, like, just, yeah, just the, the general yeah. vibe of it. Sure, I'll I, go with that. I'll give that. This may be a, a cop-out yeah. answer, okay. but I mean it. I love Lex Luthor, mm-hmm. and I don't think we've gotten, don't get me wrong, I love Gene Hackman as Lex Luthor, but mm-hmm. he's very obsessed with real estate. I thought that Jesse Eisenberg was a bold take. It wasn't for me. I think that... If we get it's the, the if we get the Lex Luthor, yeah. that has the potential. Basically, just like what if Elon Musk was as smart as he thinks he is? I think then you have potential for an amazing villain. Like how the Joker in the Dark Knight is how smart he is is how smart Lex Luthor is. Mm-hmm. Except he's not as theatrical. He has money and power, but he has that manipulative side. Mm-hmm. And I think going into Superman Legacy, I'm hoping that James Gunn. And like the Nicholas Holt Lex Luthor. Yeah. I'm hoping that we get that side. You like Nicholas Holt as an a actor. Lot. So are you do you feel that he, do you she? feel that he can pull out that 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 uh one million portrayal, I guess? one yeah. million percent. Yes. Okay. Man's got range. Yeah. Yes, he does. Do, do you have a favorite de- I know this is your first Batman, so that might be we can <laughs> we can do this at the end. What yeah. is the question? Favorite DC DC villain. villain. Oh, so um, you get guys, the only other DC I've seen is Shazam and Flash. Uh, Flash. All right, oh, so wait, our no, I also saw um, uh, Black Adam. Black Adam. All right, oh, so our options. Black Adam. Our oh, options I are. <laughs> I mean, like anti-hero in the comics. He's a villain. He's a hero in the movie. In the comics, he's a villain. Yeah. So I'll I'll accept Black Adam. Yeah. Yes, that's. I mean, answer. based that's on. Ba- I mean, based on the. Uh, uh, Everything that you would have seen. So you have um, General Zod from mm. Man of Steel. Yeah. You have General Zod from The Flash. <laughs> you have The Flash from The Flash. Yeah. And you get... Um, Ezra Miller in real life. You have Ezra Miller in real life. <laughs> and you have the devil from, um, oh, from the Black, Black Adam. Adam. Just the devil. Yeah. And I guess Scarecrow and Ra's al Ghul now too. Mm-hmm. I'll accept Black oh. Adam. I'm gonna go with Black Adam. All right, yeah, that's my answer. I like it. Final answer, mostly because The Rock. But <laughs> yeah, that's fine, guys. And Jungle Cruise wasn't a part of this. <laughs> <laughs> guys, next week Morgan gets to see the Heath Ledger Joker performance for the first time. She gets to see The Dark Knight for the first time, and like I know we t- we briefly talked about implications of what Batman did for the mm-hmm. industry. 
that section is going to be so much more after the dark night. <laughs> but uh, but yes, I'm so so excited. Thank you guys for doing this. I thought this of was fun. Of course, this was a lot of fun. Like a... What? So you it. didn't do you didn't do your favorite villain. Oh, Riddler. Okay. Oh, well, duh. <laughs> Hands down. <laughs> he had it one exclusive. I, I think I've talked about that ad nauseum on the show, though, but I've never thought to ask Dalton or anyone else here. It's fair. I yeah. just assumed it was Riddler for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're going to hate Jim Carrey's Riddler. Uh, oh, no, no, no. You, do you wanna, wait, actually, you'll hate both iterations of the Riddler. Yeah. Do you want to know what I'm most excited about? Uh, she has no idea Harvey Dent's storyline, right? I don't think so. You don't know Harvey Dent, right? No. This oh, is like a boy. time machine or yeah. something. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's great. I know you've talked about like wanting to yeah. watch it with her, like someone you've yeah. never seen it before, but you're right. Like It's so crazy that you don't, you don't know Harvey Dent. You don't yeah. know Joker, really. You're like his anything. Like that's well, like Even just outside crazy. of like just the general lore, Like I watched the movie and I'm like, oh, Harvey Dent's in this. Right. Yeah, same. Yeah, you know, I, I don't want to spoil any. Yeah, yeah but no, it's like, you know. Because, listen, if, no, you, yeah, 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 if yeah. you don't know, like, you thought she grabbed your arm for the. No, the that's cliff? what, but that's what I mean. Like, it's, it's, it's like wild, just like stuff like that. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, I know this. This is probably where we're going. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for watching this. I can't wait to do The Dark Knight and The Dark Knight Rises. Um, if you like Revisited, if you like this series that we're doing, please comment. We will gladly do more of them. Thank you guys so much for watching, and we will see you on the next one.